Through the Keyhole is fueled by Vanessa House Beer Company, located in Automobile Alley at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City. Stop by the tap room and try the legendary 401k lager or the refreshing destination wedding cerveza with salt and lime. Vanessa House is always brewing something fun like the Pog Hard Seltzer or their sweet and tasty sours. Great beers for a hot Oklahoma summer as we march towards football season. Stop by the Vanessa House Tap Room at 118 Northwest 8th Street in Oklahoma City for good drinks and family-friendly good times. Kids and pets are welcome. Yes, I mentioned kids and pets in the same sentence. Vanessa House Beer Company, the best beer in Oklahoma City. Please drink responsibly. Hey, what's up, y'all? Alan Kenny, co-host of Through the Keyhole, an Oklahoma Sooners fan podcast. Uh, this is our free show this week. I'm joined, as always, by my uh, co-host, Peyton Guthrie. Peyton, what's up, man? Hey, man, nothing much on my side down here in southeastern Oklahoma, the truest Oklahoma part of the state. Uh, just hanging out, just, I mean, you know, trying to deload from the, uh, from the, from the loss, you know, had some people already kind of waving the white flag on the season, had some group chats kind of, uh, get, were broken in half <laughs> over, <laughs> over, over the loss, but we're here. We're still riding true for the crimson and cream on, on my side. Yeah, absolutely. If you, uh, wanted to get our real kind of unfiltered thoughts, you should be a Patreon subscriber. We do those every Sunday. Uh, after home games, we hit up the Nessa House there in Oklahoma City for a live show. Um, and uh, all Patreon subscribers to the $4 tier uh, are going to be uh, eligible to win two free tickets to the OU Texas game. We're doing a drawing on October 1st. So if you sign up before October 1st, you'll be in uh, running for two free tickets to uh, the Red River Rivalry down there in Dallas on October 8th. Um, but Let's go ahead and we'll just kind of run through maybe to start off here, Peyton, like just general thoughts from the uh, TCU game. I mean, you know, I, I think one, you know, or pardon me, pardon me, general, general thoughts from the Kansas State loss, mm-hmm. pardon me. Um, has anything really changed about, you know, your or your evaluations, you know, now that we're a few days kind of after the fact? Yeah, I mean, some have changed. I mean, the, the the guys who really spend a lot of time looking at tape and kind of breaking stuff down, um, you know, looking through the stat sheets and stuff. Because we, you know, I know one thing we talked about was just the, the the defensive line kind of not covering itself in glory in that game, and then seeing that Downs and Grimm's, I believe it was with a combined 116 sacks. I mean, 116 snaps of them on the field combined had one tackle. Um, I believe yeah. that's true, and mm-hmm. it just kind of shows you that this team especially the defense is going to live and die with this defensive line. And the defensive line is still covered with a bunch of guys who are young, a bunch of guys who are, could be promising like a Redman who hasn't quite shown himself off to be the NFL type talent that we may have thought he'd be. And um, Grimes, who is someone who had been kind of written off, but has, you know, was able to pick up some production sacks earlier on in the season. Uh, and maybe after in the Nebraska game, and just the overall amount of havoc and uh, uh, havoc inducing plays and tackles for losses and stuff. Maybe we thought the defensive line was a bit stronger than it actually was um, because the first, the first offensive line they faced with the pulse 
really kind of stonewalled them uh, much more than I thought they would. And that has now become a an area of concern for me beyond just, well, Kansas State's a tough team. They have some running concepts that OU's not going to see a lot so much, but now it's a little bit more of who else on this schedule has an offensive line that's above average. And then that could be an issue for uh, OU moving forward for this this edition of the uh, of the Oklahoma Sooners. Right. You know, looking back at it, one of the things that Matt brought up on our show on Sunday was um, really how how the defensive line kind of did a poor job of maintaining kind of their discipline and opening up uh, lanes for Martinez to uh, get out and run when uh, stuff wasn't there open open there on the pass. Yeah, I noticed that a lot more uh, the more I rewatched it. Um, you know, it was a really tough night for OU's linebackers. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it just – it felt like they were always a step or two behind. I mean, like, then that's not just a reference to David Aguayu taking really bad angles on some, uh, <laughs> on some pursuit. He did. I mean, yeah, uh, I think that – I think that they were clearly just kind of befuddled by what uh, – Kansas State was throwing at him and you know to reiterate a point that I made um also on Sunday I thought that I mean it seemed to me like Kansas State put a lot into this one in terms of the game plan uh one thing that I found interesting I went back and watched uh or looked back went back through the notes is that Kansas State threw the ball 13 times on first downs now that's you know uh you know they ran more plays than usual so I'm not sure if the like, you know, ratio, uh, I, I mean, obviously that's higher than what they've been doing uh, the rest of the year, you know, probably by about four or five throws on average. But, um, you know, I, I think that they were, they, they gained, uh, let me look at my notes here. Yeah. Sorry. 13 pass passes. They gained 156 yards on those, on those. So that's 12 yards of completion. You know, compared to I get you know the rest of the game, they were getting you know I mean I think they only had what about two hundred and thirty total. So you know on those thirteen on those thirteen passes on first down, they got you know about one hundred and sixty yards, more than two thirds of their passing yards. Um, so you know I don't know if that was necessarily an analytics thing on OU's part that maybe they weren't necessarily looking pass as much, uh, but you know, those are also kind of those plays when they were taking advantage of OU, OU over the middle, uh, the linebackers, you know, hitting uh, the tight end, what's his name, Senate, for, yeah. uh, you know, he had like two or three big gains. Yeah. Uh, which right out just, the gate, too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, you know, again, just kind of one of those things where also, you know, Kansas State, you know, I wouldn't, it's hard to say outcoached because they have, they kind of have an advantage of having, you know, been there for four or five years now, or is OU, yes, yeah. you know, still putting something new in, but uh, Chris Kleiman really did a number on him uh, in that regard. Yeah. I mean, just looking at some uh, percentage uh, numbers I have in front of me, OU is 79th in the nation in percentage of first downs gained on first and second down uh, with 70%. So basically teams are, you know, combined first and second down are getting 70% of a first down. I mean, it, that that does seem to be an area of the defense that could be attacked. I, mean, I don't know how you like actually kind of sparse that out, but I mean, OU is giving up yards. They're more likely going to give up yards on those early downs and then do a decent uh, job of getting off the field, uh, causing the defense to, you know, standing up at a, what, what was it here? Uh, 39% of the time uh, causing a punt after a third down. So it, it's, 
how you can make hay on this team is, you know, hit them, hit them hard. I guess hit them hard and hit them fast. And Kansas State mm. wasn't going to sit back and allow that to happen. Uh, they seemed very much so wanting to, to press the issue uh, and not just hang back and, and run a, a, a basic style offense. But even then, it, it's tough because, I mean, how many third and longs were there that OU just needed to get a hand on a foot? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just, just trip somebody or um, – I'm assuming the uh, the PA thing's been figured out on those uh, false starts. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it's uh it's kind of that that one stings is because oh you just got beaten away that uh, shows that maybe the team and again like I think I picked them at ten at two I think you ten ten and two as well so we had them losing two teams uh, two times uh, I had them losing to Kansas State but I thought it'd be a little more fluky to just kind of how it was which was K State kind of did what they wanted to do to a certain degree. Um, but, uh, that's just kind of how this team's going to be this year. <laughs> so yeah. uh, enjoy the ride. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's part of the thing is that like, for me, like I kind of expected they'd have a loss at this point already. Yes. So, yeah. I mean, like I had a hard time getting overly worked up. Um, you know, I mean, that's it, kind of what I expected. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> um, I know that's something that, uh, the founder and I talked about maybe about a year ago, kind of breaking down some seasons and stuff. OU loses early. Uh, they usually have a loss once before Texas, very or at Texas. Like, very rarely do they get past Texas without a loss, and then they don't lose late very often. Now, pro- that, that could be usually a product of they are usually the most talented team or second most talented team in the Big 12, and the team kind of gels as the season goes. But, yeah, I mean – yeah, I had fully expected them to lose the game this early and obviously had picked them to lose against Kansas State. Uh, I also have them losing against Texas, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, but then, you know, undefeated the rest of the way. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So I guess one quick question that I had would be, I mean, are we going to see any personnel changes? Do you think after this game, was there anything <clears throat> like saying aside what you might want to see? Like, do you think that there's anything out there that, is going to maybe get changed up this week when uh, OU goes down there to Fort Worth to take on TCU? Well, I think TCU presents similar issues for this OU defense. Just, uh, I mean, they can stress them in similar, uh, they can stress them similarly with similar type of tactics, but using much different personnel. You know, right. TCU is not going to have that fullback, not going to have that H back in there in much of that way. They're going to be spread out. They are a true air raid team at this point in time, but they just still have the mobile quarterback and all that type of stuff. Max Duggan now, who's, uh, honestly, somewhat flourishing in the system, uh, mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see how you handles that. If you listen to Brent's press conference, it doesn't seem like there's many people to replace. <laughs> to, yeah. I mean, in the you know in the cupboard to replace those people, you know linebackers are basically who they have. Uh, they're not pulling. Uh, they're redshirting the two uh, Kip Lewis and uh, mm-hmm. Kobe, uh, so they're they're not going to get spun up. Who who's out there is kind of who's out there to a certain degree. Now, I would like to see Key having more time out there, um, Harrington having more time out there, Broyles, I understand he may have earned some playing time and stuff, but uh, I think those players probably, I'd kind of roll them out more uh, often than not to see if talent can make a play, uh, especially against that K-State uh, K game. It just needed a play, someone needed to make a play to kind of spark the team to get them over that hump, and it wasn't quite happening. Um, I think some uh, interesting Actually, never mind science tree. I think it was kind of a, some BS questions. I think uh, Eric Bailey, I believe, asked. I think he asked Key Lawrence about 
splitting time, or he may have been Harrington about splitting time with Broyles. And I, I think that's kind of a, a very tough question to ask a college football player. Like, yeah. would you want to be out there more? That means your friend is going to be benched. Like, it's, it's like, yeah. why would you even ask that? Like, of course, he's going to say he wants to play more. And now you're making him do this weird little tightrope thing. Uh, I can tell there's probably some players who want to go out there. Um, but as far as like major changes, I don't think you can do much on linebacker. Uh, maybe solidifying that cheetah role uh, and just kind of having that person just be the person. Um, I, I think maybe that we don't see as much uh, Deshaun White potentially gets K, uh, sorry, TCU as they're trying to spread stuff out. Um, and then probably more of a three-man front as they're trying to take care of the sideline to sideline business that uh, TCU is going to throw at them. Yeah. He, with Lawrence, there's a part of me that wonders if that hamstring issue was still kind of got him on a pitch count. Um, I, I, I yeah. get it. You know, Justin Broyles has been a, uh, you know, he's he's yeah. seen so Five much time senior. over all this. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, <clears throat> you know, uh, Lawrence, it, it kind of doesn't make as much sense that it, it just makes me feel like maybe the train staff is saying like, he's like, he's got X number of plays and that's about it. Um, and then <clears throat> Harrington's another one, though. You you wonder like, what, what does he need to do to get on the field? I my thinking is that he's maybe going to move out of that cheetah position mm-hmm. and just play safety exclusively. Yeah. Um, but let's look ahead to TCU. Uh, we we kind of delved into some of it there, but I got to think you mentioned that three, 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 the Iowa state defense is going to be on the table this week. I mean, you got a pure air raid team that yes. isn't throwing, they're not throwing a lot of big personnel at you. So, you know, it seems like it would make sense to, you know, slim down. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, uh, we've already seen OU, OU did this against Nebraska for a certain amount. They had the three-man uh, three rush down there to kind of uh, keep for the, the Whipple offense, understanding the ball's going to be out in, uh, in the air a lot. I think OU is going to rotate to that uh, more often. It's starting to make me think, especially how the K-State game played out, is that maybe the, that 3 that three 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 style potentially is more of a base style for this OU team. Um than, than maybe what we're thinking of, uh, especially, you know, we're, we're seeing Brent be the, the four, three guy. Uh, it does seem like potentially that three, three is where um, just generally where college defenses are moving towards. And I think it would potentially help out with some issues that OU is kind of facing there. Um, TCU is not necessarily a strong running team. Uh, they pick up yards, obviously, um, but they're not necessarily super strong at it. Um, and then OU does. Uh, let me see here. Let me see here. Yeah, no, never mind. They're pretty good. Uh, the EPA, they're twenty fourth in rush, and EPA, they're tenth in pass. So I, I guess I would always, uh, you know, it's the modern day offenses. You stop the pass first and work your way down. So yeah, I think the three 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 is going to be coming back this uh, this 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 game and be the base. Yeah, that's. I mean, it, it, I can't see him doing anything else. Honestly, you know, looking at the numbers from S and P plus. Their success rate is 34th, efficiency 36th, uh, eighth in marginal uh, explosiveness and rushing. So that's kind of where, you know, you kind of got to watch out where they get you spread out and then they, uh, you know, are able to hit, hit a long gain on the ground. Um, pretty good in standard downs. Uh, they are completing their passing completion rate is number one in the nation on offense. Yep. That's, you know, so. Yeah, I think you've got to flood the field with defensive backs at this point um, and just, you know, kind of uh, hold on, you know, try to uh, keep them in front of you, right? 
Yeah, that, I mean, that's where you're going to have to do. I mean, OU already doesn't have a good rush defense. I mean, comparatively to the past defense, I mean, the past defense, uh, you know, on EPA, at least EPA is 54th, and the, the rush defense is 78th. This TCU team wants to score in the in the in the air, though. I mean, and Duggan has been playing at this point in time. Um, his freshman year, he was at fifty three percent completion, and so far in twenty twenty two, he is at seventy seven, completing seventy seven percent of his passes at an average depth of eleven uh, yards. Uh, and then you know, if you've had that adjusted, he's over fourteen yards per catch. I mean, he is playing at uh, at least statistically a very elite level. Uh, that said, his rushing numbers are somewhat down uh, overall. But uh, he, as we know with him, he does have the ability to be an extremely mobile quarterback who can kind of punish. So th- th- that's just issues OU's got to watch out for. I mean, you know, his freshman year and sophomore year, he's running almost uh, five yards a clip. He's down to under two. Uh, he's just not running as much. And some of the, uh, they seem pretty simple, to be honest with you. I was watching SMU. Uh, TCU uh, game, the runs seem to be a little more just like pure zone read stuff that you've kind of mm-hmm. seen over the last 20 years, <laughs> even yeah. more. Uh, they don't seem to be as dynamic as it was before, so maybe that's playing inside some of it. But that's not – he's going to be able to pick up some of those Adrian Martinez backbreaking scrambles if OU lets him. Right, right. So, But then on offense, I mean, I don't – I mean, this seems like the kind of game where OU should really try to kind of put the pedal to the metal now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're really looking at it, uh, these two teams are kind of mirror images of themselves uh, to a certain degree. I mean, uh, OU uh, getting on EPA for is 15th on passing and second in rushing EPA, expected points per average uh, per rush. Uh, OU is a very good football team uh, offensively. Still, uh, you know, they have some issues on some third down success rates. Uh, only 66th, uh, third and fourth down success rates, not that great. TCU, uh, though, is 113th uh, in giving up that average. So <laughs> I, yeah. I expect to see OU on the field more. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think yeah. maybe that if I was if I were to levy one concern at, at Levy is to say, I understand we want to move fast. I understand, you know, points after points after points. But let's can we just manufacture something just to get the guys in a rhythm? You know, I mean, not everything has to be. It's fun to score in three plays. It's also not fun to kick the ball, you know, have to punt uh, yeah. in uh, 40 seconds. So it would be nice to see if there was a way to kind of balance that a little bit more than than what's been going on so far. Yeah, and I think even Levy probably addressed that, if I remember correctly, on Monday, you know, talking about kind of trying to uh, give the offense a few more layups early on to get them in a rhythm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think that message has probably been conveyed to him <laughs> that, uh, they don't need to be going three and out. So, so quickly, uh, you know, start off the games. Cause it's clearly been an issue the past, uh, past few weeks. So, um, let's see here. So I guess, are there any specific matchups in this game that you're watching? Like anything in particular that you want to see? You know, I mean, to me, last week the the matchup to watch was uh, the Kansas State's offensive line versus OU's defensive line. Uh, that went really well for Kansas State. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I mean, is there anything like that that you're looking at in this one? Uh, any general matchups will just be TCU's wide receivers versus OU secondary. Uh, I think that's where it's going to be made. Uh, Quentin Johnson hasn't quite had uh, so far. I mean, he's got eight catches for 73 yards. It seems he's been bubbled up uh, to a certain degree. Uh, but you have a uh, Darius Davis with seven catches for 126 and Ty Barber for uh, eight catches 101. I, 
I think this is going to be this is going to test the limits of who OU actually has uh, in the secondary if they can play. I, I know I'm not the only one who still remembers Quentin Johnson kind of Johnson kind of <sighs> mossing OU defenders yeah. uh, multiple times. How OU rolls that out, and you know, I think that will be obviously be handled with that three 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 that we've already talked about to a certain degree. But how OU can handle that while still bringing pressure and still keeping an eye on the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, that kind of one, two, three will be interesting in my mind because um, he's it's the air raid. You're not going to get you're not going to have a lot of time to get to him. He's going to be getting the ball out. And he technically really has been, to be honest with you. Uh, So it will be interesting to see uh, how in my mind, how OU secondary kind of stacks up against the uh, TCU wide receivers. Yeah, Quinn Johnson. I, I wonder if there's if he's maybe got an injury or something like that that is banged up a little bit. Yeah, because I mean, like <clears throat> you figure they would have gone to him, you know, early and often at uh, in a rivalry game like SMU. But he had like three catches for thirty yards. I don't know if he's gone yep. over thirty yards in a game yet this year. He has not. He has not. Maybe yeah. they're saving him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you would have figured that last week would have been a good one for them to uh, get out. And I guess. I guess that's the other thing to keep an eye on too. I mean, yeah, it, it OU's a, a big game for Big 12 teams, but yep. like they just finished, they just had that crosstown rivalry game. OU's going to be pretty pissed off about how they played last week, you, you'd hope. So this is the kind of thing where, uh, you know, it could be a case where OU comes out pretty hot. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think the, I think maybe it's the overall theme, overall thing I'll be watching. It's maybe not just a, a particular position group versus another particular group or player against player. It'll just be to see how the OU coaching staff is handling itself after a loss. I mean, we have to think about, I mean, this is Brent still rookie year as a head coach, mm-hmm. even though he's been a coordinator for 20 plus years or more. Um, this is still his first rodeo at all this. Uh, how does he do this? Now, there has been some reports from the player saying, you know, the atmosphere of the locker room is better than past years after a loss. It's, it's more instructional, more uh, focusing on technical things of what we can do instead of kind of, uh, I cannot remember who said it, but he said it was a demeaning and diminishing in years past. Um, <laughs> but now it's a little more uplifting, a little more technical of like, here's what you could have done to do this. Maybe David Aguebu, you shouldn't have taken that route. <laughs> taken yeah, that, exactly. You know, yeah. Taken that here. Here's how you could have straightened that out a little bit. And also said the uh, the defense reviewed the entire um, uh, the entirety of the uh, of the tape as a team as a defense instead of uh, in their separate possession position groups and stuff, um, which is probably helpful because defense kind of all everyone needs to be playing on a string to a certain degree, kind of like the basketball. I mean, you the, the D line does something, the linebackers have to cover it, and that then causes the cascade yeah. down the hill. So everyone needs to see some stuff. Uh, I actually do want to mention because there's there's one of the uh, Adrian Martinez scrambles that. that David just took a really shallow route. It made me think maybe he's taking shallow to force uh, Martinez out wide even more. And it worked, but Martinez was able to pick up another eight yards where somebody got to him. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, well, maybe that's coaching. He's like coaching him. Do not let him, let him get to the middle of the field. You know, keep him on the sideline, use extra defender. But man, it's just a thing that we talked about. There's a lot of man being played. So a secondary player didn't know what was happening until much, much too late. So it'll be... Uh, I, I would I would assume we're going to see more uh, uh, more zone, and I think maybe that will be at the biggest part uh, that that Brent takes out of it. But seeing how Brent handles that just entirely, I mean, he had the notebook out, he's taking his notes. <laughs> let's yeah. see if he let's see if he got that part figured out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was one thing. It did feel like Bob Stoops did really well 
was, you know, kind of rallying after a loss. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and you know, sometimes though, I mean, one thing, you know, the founder actually mentioned this to me, you know, when we were talking about before the season about like, OU has a couple early losses. Like, do the do any players check out? Because, you know, Brent Brent Venables didn't recruit that many of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. um, I think, and so that's that's definitely one to watch is how they emotionally, you know, uh, kind of bounce back and and manage that way. Um, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't get the impression though that they're going to be changing a lot of what they're doing. You know, I mean, I just no, no. I think just I think just the ratio of the defensive scheme just changes some. I mean, because again, right. like OU has been playing through three, uh, through three, three with his own with like, yeah. you know uh, cover twos and you know two safety highs, so three safety highs, quarters. I mean, they've been playing that stuff. It's just against K State, they didn't <laughs> play right. that that very often. I think against CCU, they're going to, and I think probably like you said, K State coming out and saying, "Guess what? We're passing." Yeah, <laughs> really, kind of. That's I think that's probably why I'm still caught up on it. It's kind of kind of like the uh, the Mike Stoops like that that one tech with Tyron swoops and uh, or Tyron swoops and Mike was mm. like they're gonna pass. I know they are. Yeah, <laughs> and they just didn't. <laughs> and he yeah. just never adjusted to it. Uh, it seemed like maybe he kind of got counterpunched and in his rookie season didn't quite understand that you have to punch back <laughs> to yeah. a certain degree. And that, but I think TCU. I don't know if TCU can unless TCU comes out in like the I formation or something and starts power running, I don't think uh, they have quite the same type of counterpunch they can pull off that Kansas State did. Yeah, and I mean, Sonny Dykes is in a similar position to OU staff, right? I mean, all new guys there, first, yep. you know, first season. So, I mean, you know, the, uh, yeah, he's been having to concentrate as much on the basics as uh, Brent Venables and company have. And one other thing that I will mention that is, was... I, I guess was, you know, maybe somewhat optimistic was, you know, they, it was brought up during Jeff Levy's press conference about that, you know, boneheaded substitution issue they had there on that yeah. fourth down. And I mean, he was like, that was my fault. You know, I mean, he, yeah. he took accountability for it, you know, and like, you know, I'm not, you, it's OU. He doesn't get a pass just because, no. you know, it's his first time as really being the guy, but at least, you know, he recognizes like I screw that up, <laughs> like yeah. and you know, and can can you know come clean about that part. So yeah, and it, it was it was a substitution that, I mean, honestly, probably didn't even need to happen. Like yeah, to be perfect, you would need to do that. Mm. Uh, but football very rarely is about getting perfect out there. You know, it, it's about yeah. getting enough out there to get well, the yards that you needed. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they put out they put out they substituted in Eric Gray. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Kansas State slow walked its sub out there. Yeah. But was, you know, I mean, there were still like 17 seconds left on the play yep. clock. You know, it was that second substitution when they brought Mims off and put Stoops in that, like, it, you just watched them slow walk the guy out there. Like, you know, they're going to do that again. Like, either, you know, either burn the timeout or you, you can't make the sub. Like, it's, I don't know. To me, it was it was pretty obvious, but yeah, that's, and that's great. Yeah. That's great coaching on Kansas State. I mean, they, there's oh, yeah. probably there's probably a process and a protocol. Not probably there is a process and protocol. I believe that Kansas State probably does. Like the moment you see someone sub, just sub and just walk yeah. their ass out there as <laughs> yeah, slow exactly. as possible. I mean, just you see, they've got yeah. it ready. It's like it makes sense. Kill them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it's just those are just rookie mistakes. 
Uh, and, you know, and this offense is based on, and, and, you know, part of that is just rookie mistakes on that stuff. Like you said, Levy's yeah. first time being the guy. And the offense is predicated on not subbing. Offense is predicated on staying on the yeah. field, going as fast as possible. So these are little things on the edges that OU exactly. just hasn't had a chance to, you know, do some actual testing in real life. Yeah, and you knew also it was third down. Like they ran a play to get to a manageable fourth down. Like you kind of got to know, like, and know the play. Have the yeah, know the play. <laughs> have the personnel ready. Like you know. Uh, so anyway, um. Thinking about TCU, I mean, I guess, do we normally do a uh, prediction here? Do you want to do a prediction? Yeah, let's do a prediction. Oh, well, uh, OU uh, is favored by six, I see and, six a and a half right now. Yeah. Uh, if you t- if you trust SP, uh, they have them. Uh, I think SP Plus has OU by uh, 12. Uh, Stat Award, yeah. uh, uh, Parker Stat Award, a TCU guy, uh, has them by, uh, has OU by eight. So the, the numbers spread out the fact that OU is going to be uh, covering this game. Six and a half is a great number. You want that half because, uh, again, you're under the seven uh, or, you know, or the two and a half or the three, you know, that type of thing. This is, this is, this is one I would bet OU to cover the spread uh, and bet OU to uh, win this game. I'm going to say it's going to be 38 uh, to 31. Just barely okay, squeak yeah, it. Just you got barely. The hook. Yeah, you get <laughs> yeah. the yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm looking something like that. I think there's gonna be a lot of points. Um, I'm looking though more something like I, I think they, you know, like a 41, 28. Like I, I do oh, okay. think OU's I think OU's gonna come out kind of hot. Um, I, I I would it would not shock me if you know they they've really kind of uh put some separation between the two teams by halftime and then um you know, can't stay or pardon me, can't I keep missing the two up? It's the purple, I think. It's the purple and the silver yeah, and all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. TCU, if TCU, but I mean, you know, TCU is pretty explosive. So, I mean, like they're going to have to play 60 minutes because they can, you know, even if I use up two touchdowns at the half, I mean, TCU can score real quickly, you know. So, um, but I think, I think at the end, yeah, 41 28 Sooners. Oh, both have them covered. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that a game you feel confident on? Uh, uh, I don't want to talk about your extracurricular activities, but hypothetically, I don't, I don't know the, the, the legalities yeah. of what state you're in. Uh, hypothetically, is that one that you, you're looking at uh, the, to put it on the picks, trying not to suck type situation? No, nah, man, I, I have to absolutely love a play to put it, to, <laughs> you play to put one on there. So I don't normally do that. I, I do like the, I like the first half number. It's OU minus four. Um, mm. I, I do like, I, I feel like that's a, I like, I like that one. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I see it's something kind of like TCU trying to get the backdoor cover, but not quite getting there. Um, again, that six and a half, uh, looms large in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. The half point. All right. Um, some thoughts we've, we've got, man, the big 12 right now is pretty chaotic at this point or, or parody filled. It looks like we've got some, uh, other, uh, big games out there. Let's start off though with the rematch from uh, last year's Big 12 championship. Uh, OSU and Baylor. Uh, Baylor is a small favorite here uh, after knocking off Iowa State last week. I mean, any thoughts here? Uh, other than I haven't really watched much uh, OSU football because they haven't played anyone that has interested me in watching them. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what Central Michigan, uh, Arizona State, which fired his head coach, and then Arkansas Pine Bluff. I mean, how do you take anything out of that and say that this is what's going to be good? But 
I mean, they're good last year. Um, Mason has had some issues uh, with that defense uh, against teams that can try to move the football. So, um, and then Baylor, I don't know. I mean, these, these they seem like similar profile teams. Baylor, we've seen uh, lose, and then the team that we thought may have been good because they beat Baylor get completely handled by Oregon. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is a little more of a uh, pillow fight, but you know they, they both have similar profiles that ends up looking a little more dynamic than what it ends up being. Um, but I guess I would, I would lean towards Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders has been playing pretty well, um, and I, I don't know. I, I think that can continue. Yeah, and there's the revenge angle, you know, yeah. from last year. I mean, I don't know. That that's if you put too much stock in that, it's kind of a sucker. Uh, bet. Yeah. But yeah, I kind I I kind of like the pokes there. Uh, they had last week off too, so uh, opportunity to uh, game plan and everything. Um. All right. Then also we've got uh, Texas and West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia coming in town. I think that spread is up to like ten points now. Um, 10 points yeah yeah i get the feeling texas is going to hammer them but uh any thoughts on your end uh other than that i mean that's the funny thing because i had west virginia as my as my dark horse team they just completely not done anything uh they seem like Mm. uh if if jt daniels is actually good they would be in a much better place uh because they seem like they could have some bits and pieces uh to play well but uh I mean, I just don't see Texas covering. <laughs> I guess that's my point in time. I don't trust Texas to cover anybody. Uh, the defense still hasn't quite put itself in, in position there. Uh, I know Neil Brown is coaching for his job uh, in, in to a certain degree. Uh, they should have beaten um, Pittsburgh, in my opinion. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, they should have beaten Pitt. Uh, uh, Kansas is a tough loss, but now it's looking like a better loss, a nice quality yeah. loss at this point in time. Uh, I think uh, – Texas probably wins based on uh, just talent, but I had that exact same thought about Texas Tech. I thought it'd be, that game would be close. Uh, that game ended up kind of coming down to some fourth down stuff. I can see West Virginia can be the same aggressive, but uh, I just don't think Texas covers a 10 at, at this point in time in the season, especially yeah. I mean, unless Ewers comes in and he's, he's, he's good to go and he's, he's throwing bombs. Right. I mean, that's the, and that's the kind of X factor here is are they able to get viewers ready to go? Um, because you've got to think they want him out there before the OU game. Oh, uh, for sure. Right. You know, so I, I would expect if, if he can play, he'll play. Um, so, and what that's one to watch. Okay. Then we've got the uh, two kind of upstarts, Kansas state and Texas tech uh, squaring off at Kansas state. I think K state's around a touchdown favorite here. Uh, you know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, a team wins a game like Kansas State did last week, and you're thinking, oh, you know, they're in for a letdown. Mm-hmm. But Texas Tech had the exact same exact thing. Exact same so, thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, I I I see Kansas State rolling here, but I'd be interested to get your take. I just think it's the uh, – this is a game that can will be one I – mean, the old college football adage or old just football adage. I mean, this game is going to be one of the lines. K-State has a better offensive line and a better defensive line. Uh, so I yeah. think at that point in time, it's kind of game over for uh, for, for for Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, traveling, traveling, I think maybe the letdown will be less for K-State because they get to go home and, you know, yeah. they, they're going to get that kind of stuff. Uh, not only that, the crowd's not going to be, uh, the crowd's not going to have a letdown. The crowd's going to be even more pumped up. should be even more of a hostile place for Texas Tech to play in. Um, and then Texas Tech won't be allowed to have its uh, fans push football players uh, yeah. anytime soon. So <laughs> we should be good to go there. But I think Kansas State, I don't know if they roll on them, but yeah, I mean, Kansas State's going to win that game. 
Yeah, I mean, and the other thing to keep in mind too is Texas Tech was so good on fourth down last yeah. uh, against Texas. That's very hard to replicate, or you know, that's the kind of thing that can skew a result sometimes. Uh, then lastly, we've got oh, uh, KU and Iowa State. Uh, Kansas is a dog here. I think like you know, it's like three points. Um, kind of surprising just because Kansas has played pretty well so far and. Iowa State, I mean, you know, that was a pretty – that was kind of a concerning loss, I felt like, against Baylor last week. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm betting Kansas till they lose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, at this point in time, they've got the uh, – I mean, what, what, what is he? I'm trying to bring up the numbers here. Uh, Kansas quarterback is like the best quarterback in the Big 12 at the moment, so uh, uh, maybe yeah. the best offensive player uh, in the Big 12 yeah. at the moment. So just uh, if, if his – you know, if his – if he was wearing any other jersey – <laughs> they'd be getting a lot a lot more uh, uh hype uh, to a certain degree i think k-state uh k-state i think kansas wins uh it's considered a close game yeah i was looking at some uh, uh some stats here for k-state uh 23 points rejected iowa state 25 i mean the issue of, of kansas i guess said k-state again uh the issue of kansas is the defense is terrible uh yeah. but the offense is very good uh so why not? Let's just have let's keep having fun. I, I Kansas. Oh man, I'm gonna piss on the parade. I'll take. I know. I'll, I'll lay the points here with the Cyclones. This is a uh, bounce back spot and a letdown. So, I will. Uh, yeah, get go ahead and I I'll take the three and a half. I'll I'm gonna lay. Pardon me. I'll lay the three and a half. That's gonna be one of my picks this week. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Stay tuned. Yep. Uh, national games to watch. Uh, I picked out a couple here. Um, one that's kind of interesting to me is the, as uh, late Friday night on ESPN, Washington and UCLA. Um, it's it's interesting in the sense for starters, it will not be affected by the hurricane. So, uh, you know, yeah. you know we'll, we can be pretty uh, confident that that game will go off as scheduled. Um, but, you know, Washington has really surprised a lot of people to start off the uh, season. Yep. They're a small favorite. They're going to the Rose Bowl. But you got a matchup of, I believe, undefeated teams here, right? So, um, and UCLA has kind of been one of my dark horse teams to uh, contend for the top of the Pac-12 this season. So, I don't know. Any any thoughts on this one? Have you been able to watch either of these teams at all? Uh, the only thing I've been able to talk about the Washington teams when I talked to Rob uh, Bowron on the one of the uh, Patreon podcast, uh, again, he uh, – uh, join that four dollars a month. It's fantastic. We'll have him on mm-hmm. after week uh, after this week, uh, week five. To kind of that's when all the priors go away in his system. And it's all just like this year's teams, uh, this year's version of the teams. Uh, he was very very uh, intrigued by Washington, saying this is what happens if you just hire a good football coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, they, they seem very professional. They seem to know what they're doing, uh, and I think. Um, uh, but I do like I have a soft spot in my heart for Chip. I, I like watching his mm. offenses. I like seeing that kind of stuff go. Uh, I think I would probably pick UCLA just because it's at home, but they don't sell any. They don't they don't have a home crowd. So, right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah it's not exactly yeah. a huge advantage, right? I think the cooler story is to is to, is to push for Washington because I don't think anyone really had them uh, in the top half uh, or maybe just right at the halfway point of the, of the Pac-12 standings uh, in, in the preseason potentially. So. Uh, I think Washington is going to be the team uh, that will end up potentially trying to make some noise out of uh, that North section. Yeah. Hiring DeBoer was a, was a really, really good move on the part of their athletic department. I think he's a really Mm -hmm. impressive coach. Um, Sickos here, Michigan and Iowa. Uh, (laughs) I think it's about 10 and a half points. Michigan's fair that this game's at Kinnick though. 
And I'll, I mean, I went against Michigan last week in that Maryland game because Maryland's defense has been playing better than uh, than I expected. Uh, this has like, I don't know, man. This has one of those deals where it's like 13-10 and you don't really know oh, for sure. which team is going to win. But like, that's the way it feels to me here. I, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ready to fade Michigan, I think. What's the over-under? Ooh, good question. That part, I that one, I don't know. That I was just uh, whatever it is. I did the under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I love watching Michigan play football. I love the motions and the movement and pulling guards and the pulling tackles and the option and stuff like that. I absolutely love it. You know, it's that pro style option offense. Uh, I think it's fun. I just love that style of offense. Is it the most explosive style of offense? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> Uh, mm. I think I think you know uh, Michigan's most explosive player is a transfer from Hawaii. Uh, I think his name's Roman, uh, but uh, a, a little white receiver who's very fast. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's uh, that's they do have a tendency of wanting to try to man ball <laughs> yeah. as much as possible. And Iowa just loves to not have an offense. So, yeah, I think this is going to be like a 17-10, 13-10 type situation. Maybe not necessarily that Denver Broncos game, 10-11, or whatever yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, my Denver Broncos. Thank, thank goodness <laughs> we went out and spent all that money for, on Russ uh, to let him do that. Uh, yeah, this is this is a game I'll not watch, more than likely, uh, unless I just want to watch some uh, hard-hitting um, dust of clouds. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, guys, this is going to be gross. Um Important one in the ACC. Uh, you had Clemson last week pulling off the overtime win mm-hmm. over uh, Wake Forest. They've got North Carolina State traveling. The, uh, I believe that – I don't know if this game is at, at North Carolina State or if it's at Clemson. I don't know. I think – I kind of think Clemson is going to smack them. Uh, but I'd be interested to get your take on this one. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think the, they had the, the life – kind of put into them you know the you know you get scared to a certain degree i think we mentioned it on that thing you know clemson is the big dog you have to beat them you know and yeah. last year it happened Pitt did it you know uh, uh, uh baylor uh, oklahoma state did it against uh, oklahoma i mean you have to do it but the thing is you have to continually do it because just beating them once one year is doesn't like change the power dynamic of everything mm-hmm. uh and the quarterback seems i mean they played a very bad defense so <laughs> maybe that's why he's been able to have the best off you know best game of his life but that can stack up. That can just getting the movement and the rhythm of stuff and kind of understanding, getting more trust into it. But yeah, I, I just don't see, um, I really don't see North Carolina um, uh, State uh, pulling this out uh, in any way, shape, or form. I, I don't think the offense they have can uh, stress uh, Clemson enough to get into a shootout. Uh, and I think that's how you have to kind of beat this Clemson team. I don't think you're going to beat them uh, close and low. Right. Um any other games interest you? I mean, we've got a top 25 game, two top 25 teams between uh, Kentucky and Ole Miss, but I honestly don't feel like I know enough about either of these teams to uh, really break that one down. I don't know enough other than Ole Miss will lose because Ole Miss has uh, some real tree uh, sponsored uh, helmets. Uh, if you've seen those, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, they look terrible. <laughs> and I, uh, it, uh, and, and uh, Kentucky, I think, is a good. Uh, is a good team. Uh, Tulsa hung really tough of Ole Miss. They're, they're leading, and then they're getting blown out, and then they brush back. So I just don't know if Ole Miss has the uh, has the horsepower to kind of pull away from a team that seems to be pretty well coached in, uh, with Mark Stoops, uh, unless Mark Stoops is already kind of counting the, uh, the offers of what his uh, raise is going to be uh, due to the yeah. coaching market uh, out of Kentucky. 
Yeah, gain that Nebraska money, maybe. Um, anything, any other games out there interest you? Like, uh, I guess, I guess we got to see what AM does, man. They've been, uh, they've had two ugly, ugly wins. Now they've got to uh, go to Starkville, take on Mississippi State. Uh, I think the uh, Bulldogs are favored there by about a field goal. Um, I don't know. It, it, I still just look, I look at AM and like they've got so many dudes all over the field i just it doesn't make any sense to me yeah that one's tough i mean it's that's i don't know jimbo just seems such a such a weird place and the texas a fans have to kind of like really talk themselves into it yeah <laughs> like we got this yeah. guy forever you know this is us yeah hell yeah and it's, it just does not seem to be um i don't know it, I, how can you have all those guys everywhere be that deep and just be so uncreative uh in, in any way shape or form uh, that that just kind of makes me kind of sick to my stomach to a certain degree <laughs> yeah uh, to be honest with you i'm scrolling through the the, t- the games of the week type of situation um i really can't see anything that really stands up i mean the, the cal uh washington state will be interesting to see how uh, they play out i like washington mm-hmm. state this year uh they've been kind of playing themselves well a team i actually want to do i do it's in it's in the big 10 michigan state maryland See how that's playing out, because uh, I mean, if you can give a, a head coach that had one great year with a bunch of transfers, just guaranteed a hundred million dollars or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> good good on Michigan State for doing that. But I don't know how the returns are going to be for that uh, kind of going forward, um, especially since you played two uh, tomato cans, beat them, and then you played two football teams and lost to them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, losing losing to Minnesota in pretty embarrassing fashion. Maryland, like you said, played really well against Michigan. I could see this kind of kicking. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Michigan State, let's, if they lose to Maryland, then you say they're probably going to lose Ohio State. Wisconsin, maybe it's a toss-up. Michigan's probably, you say it's a toss-up because it's a rival. I mean, there's a chance Michigan loses six games this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just that contract looks real bad real quick. Uh, but I think that will be an interesting, uh, interesting game to watch as, as the Power 5 stuff. Then Tulsa-Cincinnati might be kind of cool to see if you got secondary, like iPad, you're looking at stuff. Yeah, yeah. One thing to keep an eye on in that Maryland-Michigan State game is little Tua might be hurt. Uh, he didn't finish mm. the game last week against Michigan, um, and that might uh, that might work out in Sparty's favor. But yeah, there, that that can't be what uh, Michigan State fans envisioned based on you know based on that huge deal that they gave uh, gave uh, Mel Tucker last year. And honestly, another one: Oregon State, Utah. I think that might be interesting. Oregon yeah. State has played much better than I thought they would. Uh, and then Utah, I mean, number 12th ranked Utah, Oregon State traveling to. Uh, and then Oregon State honestly should have beat uh, USC. I mean, if you're holding USC to 17 points, you got to win. <laughs> yeah. You know, the thing with Utah that would, like, I mean, that's going to be, it, it looks, it sounds like the kind of thing where it sets up like it would be a huge Utah win. The one question I have, though, is that their tight end, uh, what's his name? Kuth Quyth, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, uh, but he's been their best best receiver, really their only receiving threat, and he is done for the year now. Um, so Utah, yeah, Utah's yeah. tight end, yeah. So that uh, that's that's one to watch there. That's all I've got on those kind of games. I was yeah. picking some games out there. I think those have some chance. I mean, there's always. I'm not going to do. Uh, I can't remember who does it, but they like. They tweet out like the games to watch, games maybe to watch, games not to watch. And yeah. like overwhelmingly, it's like, why even bother watching college football? 
Yeah. I like watching it. I mean, if it's on TV, watch it. It's fun. It, there's a bunch of different styles. You know, the NFL is kind of like watching the same game over and over and over again. There's tons of cool stuff. I mean, you can watch Michigan, Iowa, Mexico <laughs> Committee. You can see yeah. some high-scoring points. I mean, uh, Kentucky Ole Miss should be a lot of points. <laughs> should be fun. Uh, it's it's always fun. Yeah, God, the, Sickos is so good on game days. Like, I was watching him last week, and, uh, like, there's just one point. I'm trying to think who, who was UMass playing last week. They played – Oh, Temple, and they were like, "You massive Temple, kick it off in five. I you know. know. Like, <laughs> it's just like God it cracks me up, man. The the uh, CBF Reddit's kind of getting on their case a little bit, uh, kind of getting on their corner to a certain degree by a, a live tweet out uh, Division Two games. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, why not? It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. keep I keep waiting for them to show off my Southeastern Savage Storm. Go Storm! Yeah, there uh, you go. <laughs> but they haven't done it yet. <laughs> All right. Well, man, I think that we've, uh, you know, we've covered everything here. So mm-hmm. um, let's see here. Uh, plug the Patreon again. It's uh, patreon.com slash do the keyhole. Uh, make sure to sign up before October 1st to get in that drawing for two free tickets to the OU Texas game. Just uh, $4 a month for our top tier members. Uh, let's see here. And also make sure to visit our sponsor, Vanessa house, uh, there in Oklahoma city, get, uh, some of their, uh, fresh brewed, uh, libations. Let's see here. Anything else? Are we missing anything? Uh, the only thing I can think of, uh, is boomer. 